Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. It's David here with a word from our sponsors, HyperX. HyperX are makers of premium gaming peripherals, and they're offering UK-based customers 20% off their entire full-price gaming headset range throughout May. TNCs apply. Head on over to uk.hyperx, that's H-Y-P-E-R-X dot com, to read the TNCs and use the discount code RANGERS once at the checkout. These are superb. I've been using the headset now for a couple of weeks, and it is absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. The mic is brilliant, the immersion is fantastic, and also the noise cancellation is superb. So if you want to get into your own world when you're gaming, or even just when you're doing calls, we all have, we live in a Zoom world these days, then this is very much for you. So go to HyperX um, for it. It's uk.hyperx.com, discount code Rangers, once at the checkout, and you will save 20%. And trust me, you will thank me when it happens. Um, in terms of the terms and conditions, uh, offer is subject to availability, no minimum spend required. During May 2021, the code can only be used once, can't be used in conjunction with any other HyperX offer, and is not transferable. Offer is subject to change or withdrawal without notice. Free standard delivery to UK addresses for orders of £79 or more. If you return any headsets purchased with the code, you will receive a refund of the discounted price you paid for the returned headsets. <laughs> So welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I'm your host as always. And joining me this week is, first of all, the splendid Mr. Ian Hogg. It's a pleasure to be back, mate. It's it's a very champion feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, people aren't taking it well, which we'll discuss uh, with you. And of course, with our other guest, big, suave, sexy Andy McGowan. Hello, David. Hello, Ian. I feel like busting into song every minute, every day. I heard you were so happy that you allowed people to sing on the bus on Saturday. <laughs> there was no bus. There's a COVID pandemic, David. Of course, yes. Um, a very intelligent COVID pandemic that can tell the difference between 
gatherings that can tell what one's a football one and what one's a political one. It's an incredibly intelligent virus, COVID. Um, I think we underrate that. But before we we get on to what was um, a wonderful day on Saturday, we have to talk about the madness, the fever, which has gripped um, parts of Scotland with regards to Rangers' success this season. Because that's what it is. I mean, what it boils down to, they really just cannot deal with this. And last night, uh, a doctored... Uh, TikTok video appeared by a guy called Wally Wanker. I'm not making that up. Who doesn't follow anyone and had only bots as followers. In which uh, Rangers fans, uh, Rangers players, were singing "Sweet Caroline" and some add-ons had been very much added by him. And of course, Celtic fans put the video out. Rangers fans put the original video out. It was quite clear it was nonsense. But then today it started being retweeted by some prominent figures, including James Doran, the SNP MSP for Glasgow Cathcart. Then, staggeringly, Scott, uh, the Police Scotland tweeted that they were investigating this alleged sectarian video. The Justice Minister, Hamza Yousaf, commented on this, saying that if this is true, and I stress if Rangers should sack the players involved, which talk about prejudging something. And Rangers have had to issue a statement saying that not only is it not true, and it's quite clear that it's an orchestrated process, but that they are uh, looking at their legal options. Andy, this is Nuts. I mean, this is crazy that you have an MSP and you have a a justice minister, a a government minister getting involved with a video they know is false to try and discredit and throw market Rangers players in the hope that some sticks. We're really through the looking glass here. I mean, I thought nothing could surprise me with the the political element that generally don't like Rangers. I mean, we know that. We know why what we represent and it's not as if they didn't have things that they could attack us for this weekend anyway this weekend but to actually run with this and kind of suggest that there might even be a kernel of truth in it is so ridiculously kind of maniacally it's just beyond the pale whom's a Yusuf he just doesn't have any kind of filter at all his self-importance is off the scale he tweets as he talks, he's worse than Trump in terms of tweeting, as far as I'm concerned, for, for commentary. A politician of his status should not be tweeting as he does. But that one was just, it was hilarious, but it's probably serious because it, it's now versed into mudslinging because there will be people who are either halfwits or are naive and not actually in tune with how the, the mad world of Scottish football works. They might think that there's something in it. And, it, and it's kind of guilty by association. That, that it can even be considered that this was a possibility when half the team bless herself are in the park and that, that you know, for all we know Stephen Gerrard's a Roman Catholic, I don't know do you? Who cares? The, care. only people, the only people that care about the religious element now and keep making a thing of it within, in relation to Rangers Football Club are, are people like him I, I can't it's just beyond belief to me it's ridiculous but serious would take seconds, it did take seconds to prove the veracity of this video, Ian. Why is this a police matter being commented on by the Scottish Government? Um, I can only give you my opinion, David. 
uh, and I'll make sure it's very measured. First, first and foremost, right, this is orchestrated. I think that's fairly obvious. Um, it's being orchestrated by those who want to doctor it to make it look sectarian to then be offended by it. And I've just left a pause there for 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 effect. It, it's it is nutty. Then it hits um, prominent figures in Scottish government. Then it hits Police Scotland. No doubt egged on by the Justice Minister. I have got absolutely no doubt at all that that because it, it was too quick, too obvious, too coordinated. It's quite clear that they were told to put that out. Because, uh, you know, rank-and-file coppers are not going to be happy about this because it's going to cost them a lot of respect um, at a time when they could really do without that. Wholly agree. And interestingly, the wording that's used all the way through all the various tweets is exactly the same. Yeah. E- equals orchestrated. Um, apparently. Apparently, of course. Um, what, what I will say, when it comes to Hamza Yusuf, he's exceptionally selective, David. Um, very he quickly wades in today. You know, let let's forget for a second about innocence until proven guilty. It's out there for a reason, and it's out there for me because um, it's the team that he doesn't support. It's because we've won the league, and it's because I suspect in his eyes we're a very unionist support, union flag waving and all the rest of it, and it breaks everything that he stands for. Um, the selective nature of it, you know, look at how fast he wades into that, yet yeah, we've had um, the, uh, the, the the probably the biggest scandal in sport, certainly in the UK, over the last 40 years, and Humza Yusuf not only refuses to comment, but actively ignores the families and the victims, as does the Scottish government. There's there's a comparison for you, and it's it's ugly. Um, so it's very much orchestrated. Why is it happening? It's because we've won the league, and there's a massive element, David, of COVID not being selective. COVID doesn't go to sleep just because it's pro-Palestinian or pro-whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, we weren't meant to get together. It's cool for everyone else. Um, Rangers yeah, it's, have not, been it, it's not gatherings they're bothered about, it's who's gathering. And that, that was you know quite apparent. Similarly, I spoke about this last week, that they knew what was going to happen. They were counting on it. Everything was, was written. They had their, 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 their arguments ready to go. They had their offence, their faux offence ready to go. We see staged pictures of, of uh, apparently people outside having... You know their their lives turned upside down by people having a party in a square, which is fairly easy to avoid. Now, Andy, obviously on Saturday night there were some bangers having a fight at the end of it. Um, I've never been to a place where alcohol in Scotland is consumed all day that doesn't end up in a fight, be it a music festival, gigs, whatever, even just days in the park, even just days on Troon Beach. That end up if Scottish people get together and drink for twelve hours, it usually ends in a rami. But you would have thought that it was the fall of Rome from some of the comments, as opposed to some bangers had a fight, Socky Hall Street on a Saturday night style, and yet the amount of you know knickers that were pished and the amount of perils that were clutched was 
I mean, it was funny, but it was also sinister, and we see what the next step in, in it is. They know that they can't do anything to the club. They really want to, but they can't. So they're trying to engineer situations here, literally make something up, literally doctor a video, and then press as if it's a real thing to try and soften it for taking legal action against the club. The, the whole thing, there's a lot to unpack in it because um, the, the scenes at the end are totally out of order, as you've said. But this, and I make this very clear and I make no apologies for saying it, this is not a Rangers problem. This is something that we saw two years ago when, when Celtic attempted an open-top bus parade, which was abandoned um, because of the issues it was causing before they even got near the, the, the main thoroughfare. Uh, Liverpool had it when they won the league. Um, very, very similar situation. And I had sympathy to a point for the police because it was a pretty hard thing to police to a point. But I do think that if they've got a dispersal order at their provision or disposal, they could have used that or signposted that a lot earlier because there was nothing more certain that than something happening by the, that time of night, just as you say, because of the amount of alcohol. And I think there's, there's a culture thing as well that folk kind of, as an elephant in a room, there's a massive cocaine use in society. It's prevalent amongst people of that age group. I think it makes things worse than maybe even back in Manchester. And I, I, I felt, I saw it happening. I didn't feel one bit of guilt because it's not me. These people don't represent Rangers because by and large, we have, the three of us talking here, have a very good sense of being at football matches, football crowds, and the Rangers support, and I mean the real Rangers support at 10 matches, have a huge body of evidence now that we can go all over Europe and we actually have a, a sense of savvy, a collective savvy, which is an extremely rare thing amongst football supports. And we've been in situations where we've been tested and passed with flying colours. In every sense, uh, and and so the reason that, that happened on Saturday night for me is dead simple. You've got an unticketed event, cost nothing to attend it. You've got every nominal Ranger supporter within a, I don't know hundred mile radius trying to get there. It's an excuse for a piss up, and the people that besmirched the name to use the phrase that was used probably have never been within uh, attended a Rangers match day in long and weary. So so I'm quite I'm not comfortable harmed, but I'm comfortable that this isn't a Ranger support issue. I'm comfortable, I know that this is a societal issue, and as you say, David, you, you take any music festival, um, you take any large gathering of that demographic or social class without sounding like a snob, you're going to have issues that need to be managed. What, what the police did that day, I don't know if it's right or wrong. There seems to be a bit of a softly, softly approach now. Nowadays, they let things happen, and they let the CCTV mobile phone footage act as the, the method of retribution. I don't think that's right. I th I'm still old-fashioned, bring back the box, you know. I don't think we should be allowing things to happen in the moment, whether that causes issues or not. Good policing can do that. So, um, no, it's it's going to... The, the reaction is, um, is the issue because for 10 years, roughly, or, or for the whole time we've been doing the divisions and winning for all and, and being the laughing stock. It wasn't really an issue. Everything passed away. Nobody bothered with Now that we're back and we're a threat to the rest of Scottish football and we actually are back to where we belong and 
uh, filling places with Union Jacks and stuff that, that, that don't sit well with the political elite at this moment in time. It's it's a football to be kicked and they are kicking it as hard as they can. Ian, Andy makes a lot of good points there, I think, and, you know, quite a sensible sense seems to have gone out the window in, in Scotland this week, um, particularly when it comes to, to one particular group of people who it is easy to dehumanise and other, and we've seen that a lot with Rangers fans over the the, the last few years. But one of the things that, that struck me is, OK, well, what? What? What do you want to do about it? Um, because you say, right, okay, you know, the club should condemn it. Okay, they put out a statement doing that. Um, the club should take away their season tickets. Well, they will do it if they have them. Um, and that's another thing. You know, these might not be people who regularly attend games. So then how the club are meant to police them in a different area, I'm not quite sure. Um, are, the poli- are, the, are the club supposed to build a police force that are going to do that? That's kind of why we have a police force. Then you get stuff like other Rangers fans should should speak out against it. Well, sure, right? You know, don't get pissed and, and blue or somebody. I think that kind of goes without saying. But, you know, we understand that the reason we have a police force is that sometimes people do things they're not supposed to. That's sort of, you know, life. It's a shame, but it happens. I'm not quite sure what the end game is because it's, well, what do you actually want to do? It's your job. You're the, you're the authorities. You're supposed to deal with this. And as Andy says, you've got a lot of youngsters there who... To be honest, I've only known an SNP government in Scotland. They've had plenty of time to work on this. Yeah, and um, and you look at, you know, without indulging David and what about Ray, I'm just going to give some spef- specific examples that ended the same way, but haven't been as newsworthy and they haven't been attacked by the cops, nor the government, nor the rest of it. Uh, Scotland went down to... To London, you'll recall in 2013, I think it was, left Trafalgar Square in exactly the same mess as George Square. Guess what? By the end of the night, drunken bams were battering lumps out of each other. A real minority, less than 1%, uh, praised in all corners. Um, Andy's mentioned two years ago with Celtic. Last year it happened during lockdown. Never ever get this level of, uh, of, of, printed pages um bottom line david as folk were always going to get together it wasn't exactly a secret it was no it was it was planned right and the plans are online they're all over socials and all the rest of it now for me the council the government the cops could have stopped or limited it and it's back to what you were saying earlier andy you know they could have blocked off ibrooks probably a bit wider they could have blocked off routes to george square they chose not to they didn't disperse people, they chose not to. And however many people there were, let's call it 15,000 folk, and 100 people max end up having a, a rammy. Um, pissed up bams, let's face it, fight in Glasgow City Centre on a Saturday night, David. Coloured me shocked, right? But the response from everyone, like I said earlier, has been inevitable. From Scottish government down going after folk waving union flags. The Tims are tut-tutting, they're taking the moral high ground, despite, like I say, doing exactly the same thing. And, funnily enough, Scottish government not going after them. I don't think they wanted to lose votes. Um, put it this way, David, if if we're getting the big, what can, what can Rangers do? Well, I await Nicola Sturgeon asking Kasabian, to take on the mental drug uh, drug and drink problem that Scotland has because a few a few Neds end up fighting at tea in the park. 
because that's what this is. It's exactly the same. No, I totally agree with that. And all I see, all I can say is when this is, which it should have been done already, incidentally, it was done before an investigation was announced. Um, Rangers should be demanding resignations. Rangers should be demanding public apologies. And if they're not forthcoming, they should sue the arse of the people involved. Um, that This was disgraceful. And this was, without a doubt, a premeditated, coordinated attack to try and cause trouble for a private business in Scotland that, that came from the authorities in Scotland. It's unjustified. Um, it verges on the sinister and it's it's not something that I think that the, the club should put up with moving on then Andy it was a hell of a day though and uh, we won the, the league of course back in you know not, what 2011 I think and um, we were well we did win it in 2011 there but uh, I was trying to just illustrate we won it months and months and months ago but we were all looking forward to this day now there was a football match and fair play to Rangers because it would have been easy to to overlook that. Manager named a strong team. He didn't really have many options because I think it's fair to say the squad's down at the bare bones. But the team in the first half in particular played some pretty wonderful stuff. Ryan Kent and Jordy Ebo, I thought at times were were wizards. Um got got two goals. Then in the second half, I think began to look ahead to the presentation. We're very lucky not to concede a goal, but but even so rallied, added in two more. And that then, our team, and let's not lose focus on that, our team has now won uh, 32 games out of 38, drawn six, hasn't lost, is invincible in the league. At Ibrox, it won every single game, only conceding four goals. This is a truly remarkable league season. Only 13 goals conceded a new record, 27 clean sheets a new record. All over the place, Rangers, this Rangers team is, in, is as dominant a league side as it reached 102 points as we've ever seen playing in the famous red, white and blue. Well, um, I never wanted a season to finish, I'll be honest with you. Um, we need to savour it. Um, I don't say it lightly, I think this is the best Rangers team I've ever seen. I'm 44. I hate to admit it, but I'm 44. <laughs> And uh, we've seen some tremendous teams, Hoggy, David, over our, our kind of lifespans. And, you know, if you had, I keep saying this, kind of, if you could write the script, that, that this is an utterly exceptional season and it'll be very, very hard to keep that standard. But even if the standard falls 10, 20%, it's still going to be some standard. And that's, that's the, the kind of the measure of how good this has been. At the start of the season, the friendlies, I mean, I think we watched them against Leon and somebody else, that French team that played. I got a strange sense back then that we just looked so solid. Um, we just looked well-oiled. We looked like we were finally fulfilling um, the, the, the kind of the promise that we had shown for periods of time and then fell away. And I think the key thing that's changed this year was the, the recruitment has been utterly fantastic. I hear people critiquing the, the recruitment and we get wee things on Twitter about scores out of 10 and all this for recruitment. I think the recruitment, even in the Mark Allen days, was, which was kind of hit and miss and we're probably working with less resources, I think the recruitment throughout the Gerard period has been probably about as good a ratio of hits against misses that, as you can get in a realistic scenario. I, 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 and certainly in the market we're operating and it's even harder. I think Roof has added goal to that. He's been a genuinely good player 
in front of goal. And we've had sublime, I mean, I don't need to tell you who, but Davis, for example, McGregor. D- Davis is like, he's better now than he was when we first got home in 2008. And that, and, and that belies, defies belief. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm emotional when I talk about this season. Um, I th- I'm, it's really one of the moments where I, I think we should stop and just smell the roses because it's a high water mark. It's... The 55 versus the 10 thing has just made it a fairy, a fairy tale come true. Um, it's, it's, you can't wait to smile off my face, David. And I know I'm no exception. I know it's across the whole range of support. What we've seen at the weekend, the joyous celebrations, and when we won the league back nine weeks ago, whenever it was, I, I don't think the Gerard and his team and the players realise the joy they brought to us. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's been just a fabulous season, Ian. And and the great thing about this team is that, you know, you just think that they're getting better because there's a lot of guys just hitting their peaks in this side. Oh, there is. I mean, take Alan McGregor, for example. Um, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> I think he'll be going until he's 50 at this rate. But if we can keep the nucleus of the team together, David, in the summer, that's, that's going to be key. I do think we'll lose a couple and then it's going to be about recruitment as Andy says, I'm 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 actually not worried about recruitment anymore. Um, how many years did we go through, you know, signing the Phillips Endrosses and all the rest of it? Now you're expecting us to to do well. Predominantly in the last three years, the misses have been guys that were shelling out nothing on. Mm. So therefore, if it misses, it doesn't actually matter. Whereas the the yeah. the hits, the hits are Christ. Barisic, Goldson, Helander, Kamara, Aribo, you know, Kent, guys that you'll make a fortune on if they actually go. So that that's that's what a club has to be based on. This season's been phenomenal, utterly phenomenal from start to finish. Um Andy says it's a high watermark. Yes, it is. It's a high watermark, absolutely. And from where we've been. David, it makes it Hollywood stuff. It's Hollywood blockbuster stuff. You could probably write all this down, uh, you know, the past 10 years. And if it hadn't happened, folk would go, nah, nah, that's, that's, that'll, that'll be a pissy version of Shot of Glory. Mm. Um, but the, the, the players, the, there's a lot of players in there who do still have probably two or three years to go until they actually reach their peak. Mm. And I'm thinking of Rebo and Kamara and guys like that, and Haji that, we all seem quite split on, but seems to have found his groove in the middle of the park. Uh, Kent, I think, has still got levels to go. So, like I say, you keep those guys. If you manage to keep the majority of them, um, and I do think, like I say, I do think we'll lose one or two, but if you keep the majority of them, they have got levels to go for sure. The thing is, Hoggy, sorry to interrupt, David, it's the football we've played. It's not just with one games. Some of the football I've watched Rangers play this year and, and even in Europe, I can't remember us playing. Uh, remember we used to get teams coming for Europe, coming to Ibrooks, and you think, there's some team, move the ball about. Why can we not do that? It's been a pipe dream for us to move the ball that we've moved it this season. It's, it's every aspect of the, the season this year, from the football played to the style of football, individuals, it's just, I, I, can't, I can't find a fault. 
No, I mean, that, I, I like the manner of the players as well. That's the thing. There's a, a wholesomeness to them. There's a togetherness about them that I, I find very appealing. And on top of that, the football he plays terrific. I mean, it seemed to be a, that Rangers had their own goal of the season competition going for most of this year. Um, we'll do a full breakdown of the season in later weeks here and keep you entertained through the summer on on our on our flagship free pod, folks. So we won't go into it too much at the moment, you know, game by game or whatever. But uh, almost every week you got something where you went, "Good lord!" And it was the same Saturday, you know, that the the goal that Kamar Rus first goal with a wonderful bit of wing play by Ryan Kent. Then in the second half, you've got that terrific finish by Jermaine Defoe, which is. Wasn't it just the, the most Defoe-ish thing you've ever seen? I mean, he's so, so good at that, even even still. And I, I, there's just things about them that I love. Um, for instance, in the second half uh, on Saturday, Glenn Kamara got the ball in the Aberdeen half, and he, he sort of turned around and looked for a pass, so it wasn't on, so he turned around, but then he decided to turn back again, and you heard Alan McGregor shout from the goal, Stop fucking about! And I thought, <laughs> We're 3-0 up in the last game of the season, right? Um, undefeated, 20 minutes to go. It's absolutely fantastic, the attitude that just permeates that side. And, you know, they, they definitely deserved all the celebrations that, that came their way. Standards and professionalism, David. That's what that is. And that's been sadly lacking at our club for... On the park since 2012. Obviously, um, standards and professionalism are back, and you've seen that building over the last three years. Stephen Gerrard's come in, and he's looked to revolutionise the club on and off the park. It's standards every single step of the way, and it's standards, frankly, that we maybe didn't have at times under, say, Walter the first time round. You know, we'd win the league in March and then play the kids for a few weeks while the first team squad basically went on a bender uh, and then come back for the cup final that's that's how we managed it back then but now you know there, there's the oldest guy on the park who probably is uh, he likes a good bevy himself he's the one setting the standard from the back all the way out and we did have 15 20 minutes in that start of that second half that they should have scored they missed some awful sitters um sorted ourselves out got two goals and in the second half, and we ended up ruthless. I think the, the, the word used at the weekend was relentless. I just think we're ruthless at times. Um, and, and like I say, for me, it's all down to the manager, the standards, the professionalism, and I love to see it. I absolutely love to see it. I love to see every single one of them still bursting their arse in the final few minutes of that game. That goal that Jermaine Defoe scored, by the way, it's his first touch is brilliant, and then it's a dummy. It's and, a wee delay, and yep. two. Uh, it's a dummy, and two Aberdeen players are then on their arse. Yeah, and, and the scores. space appears. Yeah, it's just sublime. Yeah, it's just. He's so good at that and you know, age is just a number and guys like him, Stephen Davis and Alan McGregor have proven that. And of course, Andy, Stephen Davis was named as the Football Writers Player of the Year. That came on the back of Alan McGregor being named the Scottish Professional Football League Player of the Year. And then James Tavernier was named the PFA Players of the Year. How big a part of those three played in the, in the campaign? I think... Uh... McGregor, Golson, Davis, and um, Tavernier. Uh, basically, you're, you're talking about standards there, Hoggy, which is absolutely correct. 
other other word I would put in the mix there is desire. You've got to have desire. And unfortunately, as many football supports find, desire's got to come within. You can't get a manager to put desire in the player. I think what we've had is a perfect chemistry where they four players, for example, have shown that the desire, the levels that are needed, and everybody has responded to the leadership that we've had from Gerard, not, not only Gerard, but mostly, mostly Gerard is, a, is a, obviously the talisman, but his backroom staff, you just need to look at E. Shaw and uh, McAllister and, and Beale and the, and the joy that they get for watching us score a goal. Um, so, I mean, Davis, Tavernier, Goldson, McGregor, it's no coincidence that the four of them are splitting the various uh, Player of the Year awards. For me personally, I thought Tavernier shaded it because at the key, the key critical point of the season, which was the, the kind of spine of the season between October to February, Tavernier was just out of this world. And for, for that, that kind of tipped it for me. He was really leading the whole team for right back. But McGregor, I mean, I was talking to somebody today and we are talking about points in the season. That save against Griffiths, probably no exaggeration to see that's a, a season-turning save because if that goes in they win that game they get a bit of momentum as, as Gerard alluded to at the weekend in his press conference when he said that was a great game to win without playing well that's that's the, the inches that we're dealing with here that are gradually gradually just saw us go away in a distance away from Celtic um, and a special word for Goldson as well because you know, we talk about Scottish football I remember Dado Purcell saying that one game in Scottish football is worth two in France in terms of the toll it takes in your body He's played every single minute, and 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 he's not really put a fit rang the whole season. He, he's been the kind of Van Dyke, if you want to make that comparison. I think if we'd lost Goldson for any period of time in the season, he's the one player that I don't think we could have um, re- replaced adequately from the squad. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding and very much like Tavernier. He's came through a couple of years where we've had supporters kind of saying he's he's no good enough. He's no good enough. Totally blown away. Uh, and Davis, I can't. I mean, I, I mentioned there he's, he's better now than he was then in two thousand eight. He's he's like our Pirlo. <laughs> That's what he's like. He's the brain of the team, and uh, he is one guy that we will find extremely hard to replace when the day the sad day comes that he says that's it because he's he's a special special footballer. Um, and, and just that economy of movement, just the way he does things, and he's reading the games utterly sublime. He's, uh, I just, I just can't find the words to describe how good he's been this season. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think of the four players that that most people had in, in line for the Player of the Year, I would say that Davis is the brain of the side, Tav is the soul of the side, McGregor is the heart of the side, and Goldson's the the warrior body of the side. He's such a good organiser and he's somebody who has absolutely led him to play every minute is is just unbelievable and a testament to his form, his professionalism, his fitness, everything. He's been truly wonderful this season. Tav's contribution has been spectacular and on guys like Tav and Alfie and Ryan Jack, who obviously couldn't play on Saturday but but was there on the, the celebrations, Ian, how how wonderful was it to see those guys after everything they've been through, after being there before Gerard and all the shite that we went through, for them to be there to pick that trophy up and get their winner's medal. And you could see what it meant to them. I mean, it just, I mean, Tav slept with the trophy. 
Yeah, and uh, and Adam was annoyed it wasn't him. Um, yeah, and let's hope it's not a one night stand. Well, indeed, indeed, that that's I want that to be a marriage forever. Um, for Tav, Ryan Jack, and Alfredo Morelos, this is this has got to be a dream come true. Those guys, those guys have got balls the size of boulders, David. Really, because we've seen players come to Ibrox. The shirt being too heavy and off they go. And there was an awful lot of players like that in the, the Mark Warburton era. Uh, and Tav's obviously come through that. And even guys like Joey Barton come up here, you know, Billy Big Balls and then sloped off down the road as, as fast as he could. Um, there was lots and lots of them. But this is Tav, Ryan Jack and Alfredo Morelos who were roundly ridiculed who were um, who <laughs> heavily criticised by us, let's face it, David, um, and ridiculed by Celtic fans and all the rest of it when they're coming on and they're getting trounced. We all saw it, we all saw it, we all heard that, we've all criticised, and those guys have stayed and they've come through the journey and they're out the other side. And do you know what? The three of those guys have performed, Tav especially, especially this season, monumental season that guy's had become the player that he is versus the player that arrived or the player who you know couldn't defend the back post in February 2017 um, that's that, that, that's an amazing turnaround for Ryan Jack who was getting sent off I think one in every three games in his first season to become Steven Gerrard's boy effectively is incredible and Alfredo Morelos signed for us he was a wee slight skinny um, guy uh, Colombian coming from a team in Finland to come to one of the biggest clubs in the world he's bulked up most of it I think is is, um, is muscle and players are just bouncing off him now he doesn't always get it right we know that but I think his performances this season versus some of the petulance we've seen in previous seasons, David, of uh, less selfishness. There's happy to come deep, happy to link the play. Of course, his wee torn face is always there or thereabouts, but he's a proper team player now. And we couldn't always say that about him. So for those guys to go through their own personal journeys and go with us on our journey to complete it they they loved it the weekend and and they they absolutely deserve every single minute what does it mean to us we've talked about the players and we've talked about the staff at the club and you know you saw jimmy bell and douglas park and john bennett and they were all having you know obviously very emotional and having a whale of a time and and that's that's fair enough they're the ones who've achieved that we get this but what does it mean to us andy this year of all years where we've all been going through this hell on earth in our own personal lives and then Rangers fans have been in our own special kind of hell for the last 10 years as as we've witnessed what's happened to our club what does this trophy this title everything about it mean to you? So we've all got our personal story we've all got our personal angle on this and I mean I can only it's quite emotional but when we, when we went doing I saw friends, or folk I thought were friends, gleefully endorse, uh, encourage the 
something that's been a thread through my family for generations and hundreds of thousands of families in Scotland around the world's families. They, they were quite happy to see that get ripped away. They were quite happy to see that ridicule. Um, I, I attended matches, obviously. I felt that was a Rangers supporter. I was proud to be a Rangers supporter. I redoubled my support. I've got to be honest. I, I, me and my pal Scott, kinda, we never said it. We never spoke the words. But we we, kinda, we, we knew we weren't going to miss a game until this day. And uh, I went over in Scotland. Been there every run. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've got. I know we talk about the journey, and I hate that phrase, the journey, because it makes it sound like some kind of fucking Disney film or something. But <laughs> it was. Um, I, I I think we can hold our heads up high because nobody will ever ever say we never took our medicine. We could have fudged it and went into the first division, which is what I think Celtic and a lot of the the teams wanted to happen. Certainly, TV companies wanted to happen. I kind of agreed with that at the time because I thought we were going to get decimated. So things like the, the, the youth structure would die, stuff like that. Um, but we went to the bottom. I feel we paid our penance. I think the rest of Scottish football kind of benefited from us. I think I look at the rest of Scottish football differently than I did before. I'm far more open-minded in terms of the wee teams, the wee daddy clubs, as I used to say. And and to get to this point now, there is a, a feeling of retribution, there is a feeling of revenge, but it's not as strong as I thought because it's just a feeling of pride and, and that is where I think we've differentiated ourselves as a support, that we've shown that we love our club and that's it. Whereas I think what's been demonstrated over the last 10 years is there's a lot of, a lot of supposed football supports. They hate Angels more than they love their own club and they would happily have seen their clubs uh, suffer, go close to the edge in terms of even staying uh, in existence to see us get booted and booted and booted. Um, so I'm, I'm really emotional, to you, I've got to be honest. And I, I, I'm not going to say I've lost folk during the period of time because everybody loses folk over a 10-year period. But you do think that it's, um, it's kind of cathartic that we've come and we've, we stopped this 10 in a row because it would have been the kind of nail on it, not nail on the coffin, but it would have been the kind of eternal signpost of this incredibly bad uh, period of time. And and we have we have washed it away. I can watch videos of us getting beat 5 on at Parkhead or 4 on or whatever when they win the league and I was there and I remember the feeling and you're utterly on the floor. I can watch that now because it's been washed away because A, it means nothing to them anymore. I mean, quadruple trebles are, are, are a small solace to them now. And that sounds ridiculous. We have utterly exercised every demon that we have had in the last 10 years. And it's just a case now of continuing and doing what we do best. As I say, smell the roses. Gerard might not be here forever. We, we move on, everything else. But see, in this moment in time, I, I simply could not have written this script if you'd said to me 10 years ago, how would you like this to play out, Andy? I couldn't have written this. And the feelings I felt this year, sitting in the house watching Rangers on the telly, right? So a perfect thing else, if you'd said to me, Andy, if we watch Rangers on the telly for a year, I'd be like, fuck off. I can't mm-hmm. do that, right? And, and um, just for the point of view that you like to be in the ground, you like to be close to the club and the supporters and your fellow fans and your family that attend with you. The fact that this has been one of the best years of my life, 
because of Rangers. So I'm pretty sure I'm not alone. I'm pretty sure I'm not alone if you're not. Yeah, I, I don't know what it would have been like going through this last year, watching them head towards 10 in a row. I genuinely don't and that's why I'm so grateful to the side and to the manager and to the, the staff for preventing it um, but more importantly Ian I, you know, yes I didn't really enjoy but we've had so many kicks like that that it was just a, was another one but I needed it for me um, we needed it for us that we needed to see our team returned we needed something to reward all that faith as Andy says, because that's all it was that was keeping us going sometimes, was just sheer faith that one day it will turn around. And that is why I think Saturday felt very much, he, he mentioned the other word, journey. I would use the word sentence, um, because that's what it felt like. But Saturday, it really felt like Rangers FC are back where they belong. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've used the words, the journey. A it's good shorthand. It, it is. It's, but... it's good shorthand. Uh, it's a lot better than saying, you know, like uh, when these bastards that had ran us into the ground allowed other bastards to do, you know, it, it, you oh, could go yeah. on a bit. I think we know what the journey or the sentence means. Um, and we kidded ourselves on, David, at the start of it. We tried to we tried to kid others on that this is fun. It wasn't, it was shite. Um, and it got worse. It got worse as the years went on and as the corporate crooks came and went and all the rest of it. And we're back to what we said earlier. We've got a guy in the door who isn't a Rangers fan. Uh, he's from another big footballing city. Uh, and he's he's come in and he's, he's revitalised us completely. And you're right, we needed this. And it's... I think I spoke to you at the weekend, David, when I said 10 years ago on Saturday, I saw you outside Rugby Park, you and Big Scott, um, with, uh, and there was myself and Emily, and em Emily's only 10. And all of a sudden now, it's taken 10 years and we're, we're back at the summit. Um, both my sons have never, ever seen us win a league. They've never seen us lifting the SPFL Premiership Trophy. And they have now. And I think because of that, my overarching emotion on Saturday was pride. Pride watching those two wee boys wrapped up completely in the TV. Wrapped up watching James Tavernier. Uh, they were on, we, we, we ran a, a live hamper show across Zoom on Friday night, raising money for two different charities. Um and they both came into the room while we were live on screen and they both came on and told us that their favourite player is Joe Aribo largely because this season they've been fortunate enough because of the work that we, we, we've done, David to meet Joe Aribo face-to-face uh, -face, over, over Zoom or over Teams or whatever it was uh, incidentally, one of the nicest young men you will ever speak to in your life he was sensational with those kids and seeing those boys, like I say, watch James Tavernier lift the trophy and you could see the immense pride in them, That's that did it for me. But it's been a hell of a long time in coming and the journey wasn't fun. The journey was arduous and I've, I've, I've taken to calling now, David, the start of the new beginning. Yeah, it, it was... 
it was hard to put into words what it was like. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be there, and just to be part of it was was incredible. And and just to have been able to be there and in a small way represent Rangers fans in there um, was was something that I'll never forget. And it, we've been doing this for a long, long time on heart and hand, and you know we'll continue to. And things will get a wee bit more back to normal. I hope um, I, it won't be the last. The, the, this Rangers team will win more trophies, and things will go back. But we must never forget what happened, and we must never forget everything that we went through. And I think that you both touched on something key there, which is I think we've all found a new appreciation of our side over the last few years, and I think of each other as well. That's that's very special, and it's clear from what we've seen today we're going to need it, but. I just really, really think that the future is incredibly exciting for our club. Um, and I think that we're all in a position now of being much more united to face any challenges that come our way. I also think that we can all breathe a wee bit now. We needed that trophy. Um, hopefully next season we'll start to get fans back into the ground and normality will return, not just to, to us, but to society in general. And everyone will be able to get together and, as you said, Andy, pay homage to, to what has been a very special team. Aye, I think the first game, but it's a shame. I don't think we're going to go to a full house because in your, in your mind you visualise the team coming out in the full Ibrooks paying their, their, the, the appreciation. It's not going to be that, I don't think. It should be, but that's another podcast altogether. But we're going to um, have a, a reduced capacity probably by the time the season gets, gets near. Um, but... You know, things have kept us going through the years. Everyone has, has had a different visualisation of where we see it going, what we see happening, that trophy getting lifted, who was going to lift it, if it would ever happen again. But as you say, the, the, the whole club has been transformed. And well, I would never ever say that it was all worth it in the end. Um, you, look, you look at the boardroom, you look at the forward-looking football structure that we've always, always wanted, you know. Hoggy, you know, David, you know, the fall of fall of fanzine in the 80s and the 90s, always talking about this kind of uh, fabled structure and looking at foreign shores for it. We've got that now. We, we, we actually are the envy of Celtic and other teams that are of our, our size. So there's just this over, overarching standard professionalism, pride in ourselves. We know who we are now. I think a lot of, for a lot of years, Rangers as a club didn't really know who they are. The, we know exactly who we are now and uh, the other thing I would say that's come through this period is the youth we've had and I'm talking about in the stands I'm not talking about Union Bears per se here but there is a vibrancy to our support now and whether that was caused by the fact that Rangers became more accessible because of cheaper ticket prices, more less season tickets per se, I don't know but something's happened. We've got a, a fin- when you look down south at Man City win the league, and you look at us, you know we are different. We are a different proposition altogether as a football club and as a support. We've always thought it, but we can see that there's proof. It's there. You can touch it. So, uh, you know, I'm just so relieved to be at this point. I'm delighted to be on heart and hand to get the opportunity to kind of verbalise it because I'm, I'm quite sure there's loads of fans that are sitting there busting to say this is how I feel. Well, this is how I feel. 
Well, they've always got a chance to do that uh, over at the Heart and Hand uh, podcast on Patreon. Um, just visit there for lots more Rangers content from all of us. And if you fancy having a go yourself, then absolutely. Uh, the door is always open to anyone who wants to contribute. But yeah, every one of those young supporters has been tested in battle in a way that my generation wasn't. You know, I grew up mainly soonest and my God, I mean, a couple of dodgy years when I first started going, but even the nine in a row, the the, the first one from Celtic, that to be honest, you know, the, there was still a European trophy one in there. Nobody went through what the kids growing up watching Rangers play Anne and Elgin were going through. Um, with all of us wittering on about what it'd been like, and they're going, well, when do I get to, to get a part of it? So this is them getting their their due reward and, and in a way they deserve it almost more than anyone really and we all deserve it but for those kids who that's their first real memory of seeing Rangers win a proper trophy then that just fills my heart with joy anyway that will do us this week here on Heart and Hand my thanks to my two guests Ian Hogg pleasure mate Andy McGowan I'm dabbing away the tears from my eyes right now uh, you just, I thought you would just be dabbing in general, <laughs> I've heard I've heard about that phenomenon. That was last yeah. year. Yeah, well, I know I'm not down with the kids like you are, Andy. That's you know I'm 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 an old fuddy duddy. Whereas you've got you know you're a capo. You've got a <laughs> megaphone. I saw the photo, so yeah, you know, you've right. got all that going on. And um, thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles. We will be back next week where we'll have a, a look at the season as a whole. So as I say, if you want to hear more from us, head over to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. But if not, I will speak to you again this time next week. And remember, we are invincible. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.